The holidays are fast approaching and the town of Kepler, North Dakota, situated in the southeast corner of the state, is filled with festive Yuletide cheer. The stores are bustling and offering discounts on everything from air fryers to Christmas pickle ornaments. Even the local hardware store lights up every afternoon with their miles and miles of lights that are also on sale. The town council even passed a new rule that all the snow plowed from Main Street would be piled at the end of Knob Block, which is near the park, to make a sledding hill for the kiddos. Yes, Kepler is just about as ready to welcome Santa Claus as any small town. Let's look into St. Peter's Catholic Church as their choir is rehearsing for the annual Christmas Eve concert. Bravo, bravo, Mary-Kate. This is going to be our best Christmas Eve concert yet. Well, thank you, Father Al. The, the choir has been working exceptionally hard. I, I do have some notes. We, we do want the best concert possible, right, Mary-Kate? I suppose. What are your suggestions? It's not much. Just tweaks, really. Uh, if you please take these photocopies and we can start on page one. Let's discuss the look. Maybe we could bring some of the more, well... The more photogenic choir members to the front. Oh, my. Everyone, I'm I'm not trying to start something. I, I'm i anticipating that the Kepler Journal will be here with a photographer, and I, I just wanted to have our best foot forward. Uh, I don't know, Father. These are just one-man suggestions, Mary-Kate. Take them or leave them. It's not like I don't have some sort of divine sense about whether or not your tenor section needs to be tightened. Or some choreography tips. I did minor in modern dance during my time at the seminary, you know. You were a dancer? I am, Mary-Kate. I am a dancer. Now, let me change into my flats and we can get this choir into tip-top shape. I'll teach them the Trinity Tri-Step. And everyone will look so wonderful dancing and singing on a brand new 4K digital camera. Spreading the good word across the world wide web. We are definitely lucky that we received that grant to purchase this high-tech equipment. Now, let's get this rehearsal back into full swing. Oh, my. Uh, all right, Father. Uh, but we've already been practicing for nearly two hours. And it's your dedication that drives this ship forward. I've been making calls all week to civic groups, neighboring churches that won't have a concert, and even had a piece published in the Kepler Journal promoting our concert. You know this as well as I do, Mary-Kate, that we could use some good tidings and financial support. That old boiler downstairs is on its last leg. I don't know how many more months we can rely on the old girl to keep this place toasty during the winter. If we can get enough people in here, I can pass the collection plate just as these heavenly voices hit the high note during Oh Holy Night. The crowd will be overpowered with emotion and bada bing, bada boom, new boiler, here we come. If you say so, Father, but it is getting late. Are you sure you want to start teaching them choreography now? Absolutely. Let's start with good King Wenceslas. Now everyone, follow along with my left foot. And a one, and a two, and a shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. 
On the other side of town, the choir at Redeemer Lutheran Church is also practicing. Pastor Donna is eager to have her first Christmas Eve concert go off without a hitch. The long hours of practicing are paying off. The choir sounds better than ever. As Pastor Donna arrives in the parking lot, she has a large bundle wrapped in brown paper. Parishioner Gil Schneider is working on the manger scene as she arrives in the frozen parking lot. Hello, Gil. My, what a wonderful job you're doing with the manger. I'm glad you were here, Pastor Donna. I have a few questions. You'll have to hurry. I need to catch the choir before they end rehearsal tonight. Well, it's the manger scene. Last year, before you moved to Kepler, there was an accident. Tanner was pulling donuts in the parking lot and crashed into the manger. I'm not sure that all the characters survived the crash. I'm sure it will be wonderful. Oh, my stars. What on earth is that? That's what I was trying to tell you. I had to rebuild a lot of the characters, and I couldn't find all the original pieces in the snow. But the wise men, there should be three. I only count two. The third is still lodged in the bumper of Tanner's truck. What about the animals? I only see pigs, and a lot of them. Why are there only pigs? That's all we had in storage at City Hall. They're all left over from when we did Charlotte's Web for the community play a few years ago. Well, uh... It could be worse. We did cats the year before. Oh, Gil, tell me the baby Jesus is all right. You betcha. He was spared in the accident, almost like a miracle. Uh, I I don't think we should throw around the word miracle, Gil. Coincidence? Yes. Good fortune, sure. But the word miracle should be saved for truly miraculous events. Ah, okay. Sorry, Pastor. I'll keep working on the manger and see what I can do to spruce things up a bit. Thank you, Gil. They all sound wonderful. Take five, everyone. Great work on the organ, Helen. Thank you very much. It's all because I got these new organ slippers. It's like the Lord is working the pedals for me. We spared no expense in getting you the finest organ slippers on the market. So glad you like them, Helen. May I speak to you two privately for a moment? What's up, Donna? Well... I just got back from the printers in Wapaton with the new posters. New posters? Yes. I went up there last week and picked up the previous posters. The design wasn't as flashy or or as attention-grabbing as I would have liked. I had some students from NDSCS whip up a new one. Aren't they beautiful? That is a 130-pound cardstock with a glossy finish. 
Yes, these beauties are sure to get some attention around town. How many of those did you print? Well, you got a discount when you hit 200, so... 200? There aren't even 200 businesses in town! Where are you going to hang all of those? I thought we could use part of practice tomorrow as poster distribution day. We can team people up and send them out into the county with rolls of tape, push pins, and these gorgeous 11 by 17 posters with scalloped edges. Donna, maybe we should concentrate on the show. There are still several songs we need to get just right. Sending people off into the wide open prairie instead of practicing might not be the best idea. Nonsense. I already called Tall Carl and asked if we could borrow the school bus. He said yes, and that Short Carl would be more than happy to drive. We just need to cover the cost of the gas. If that's what you would prefer, I guess we can practice while we're on the bus. How am I going to practice the organ if we're on a bus? I know. I'll see if Gil can hotwire Casio in the back. Oh, good. I am so excited. Say, these posters are wrong. It says the show starts at 6.30 on Christmas Eve. Yes, the concert time just changed a bit. But the concert has always been at 7.30 on Christmas Eve. Even the year we got that big storm, Pastor Keith still had the concert start at 7.30. That way everyone can watch the holiday edition of Wheel of Fortune and still make it home in time to watch the news. Well, when I stopped into the print shop last week... I saw that St. Peter's posters were also being printed, and I just happened to peek behind the counter and into a box marked St. Peter's and accidentally saw that they are starting their concert at 7 p.m., a whole half hour before we start ours. And? And I just thought that if we wanted to maximize our chances of packing this beautiful church so that people can hear our beautiful organ and our beautiful choir. That's a lot of beautiful. Don't you want to have a large crowd, Gladys? I suppose, but... Then it's settled. We are starting our concert a half hour before they start theirs, and we'll use tomorrow's rehearsal to hang up posters all over the county. We'll fill this old place with all sorts of people. And if a miracle occurs, we can get enough money in the collection box to buy some new AV equipment. Ah, Gil, how are things away in a manger? Remember what you said about miracles? Yes, why? I would start praying for one. A snowplow just went by and scooped up the other two wise men. Oh, no! Welcome to Ray's Diner, a staple here in Kepler. Ray and his wife Cheryl are busy waiting on tables. Since they purchased a new billboard by the interstate, more and more people have started stopping in during their travels. Folks hailing from the Twin Cities to Sioux Falls to Bismarck and all around know about the amazing pie that Cheryl makes fresh daily. Today, the cafe is bustling with travelers on their way home for the winter holiday. Only three days left until Christmas Eve. Thanks for stopping by. Drive safe. Sorry, Earl. You were saying something about tickets? I was saying I spent 250 bucks to get these front row tickets to see the Mixers at MSUM. The Mixers? Are they still singing together? I remember them from almost 30 years ago. 
Who'd have thought that Moorhead would produce an a cappella group that could still be doing Christmas concerts 30 years later? Sydney's family used to go every Christmas Eve. I thought that since her folks moved away last spring, this would be a nice treat. Personally, I don't really care for the music. It's too weird for me. Well, you've done a good job, Earl. Your wife is going to love this gift. Uh, I sure hope so. I've been so busy with my new plowing job that I've hardly been home all month. I'm worried she might not even recognize me anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, our parking lot has never looked this good during the winter. You've really outdone yourself, taming the elements one parking lot at a time. Thanks, Ray. It's so much easier now that we can pile the snow at the end of Knob's block. And the kids get a sledding hill out of the deal? You really think Sydney will be happy with the tickets to the mixers? She's going to love it. Just don't mess it up with offering to eat fast food before the show. Gotcha. Uh, do you guys know a nice place to eat in the city before we hit up the show? There's a brand new place that all the ladies at the salon have been talking about. Nice food, romantic ambiance, perfect for a Christmas Eve dinner before a concert. What is it? Yeah, what is it? Maybe we could use some of their ideas here. It's called Thiel's. Apparently, the meals at Thiel's are delicious and great deals. What? That's their slogan. Earl, I hear it is really good. Sydney will love it. Miss, could I get a refill on this coffee? Coming. Hey, have a good day, Earl. Mine topped me off too, Ray. Gotta hit the road. The county has two plows down, so they offered me a temporary contract uh, helping with the interstate. I'm making sure mile 25 to South Dakota border is clear and open for holiday travel. You got it, buddy. And don't forget what the young man said to his dad. These trucks have been plowing around the clock. <laughs> and the dead sit back. That's ridiculous. They should be plowing the streets, not the clocks. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Ray. Oh, uh, hello, Pastor Donna. Say, I wanted to mention that we are expecting a large crowd at the Christmas Eve concert at Redeemer Lutheran. I heard Too Tall Tom mention on KFGO that there is a chance for some snow that night. Could you please prioritize our lot? We'll need every space available. Uh, sure. I am busy during the evening, but I will make sure that the last thing I do before I leave town is scrape the parking lot to the asphalt. I know one young man who is going straight to the top of Santa's nice list. Happy holidays, Pastor. Now, Ray, I'm here to put up some posters for our Christmas Eve concert. Are you all right with allowing me to hang a few? Sure. Say, doesn't the concert always start at 7.30? This poster says 6.30. We are changing the time to accommodate um, uh, digestion. Digestion? Yes, I heard on the radio a scientist was talking about how music helps digestion. So we are starting earlier to help people digest their Christmas dinner. I'll just hang one here next to the door. Would you mind if I hung some up in the restrooms? I... Bless your heart, Ray. Thank you. Did I hear that correctly? She's going to hang up posters in the restrooms? She's in for a surprise. Father already hung posters up in the restrooms. Well, speak of the devil. Uh, I mean, priest. Here comes Father Al. Hello. Season's greetings to everyone. My, my, my. Ray's diner is decorated for the holidays. I must tell you, Cheryl, that tree is really looking good this year. Thank you, Father Al. Carolyn came in early after Thanksgiving and really did a great job on the old place. <laughs> Indeed. I just stopped by to finalize our secret order. Secret order? Don't mind Ray, Father. He can keep a secret. Now I really want to know what is going on. I called Cheryl yesterday to arrange for some trays of treats. 
Christmas cookies, Lefsa, and her famous cranberry fritters. All the seasonal favorites. We're going to buy your entire stock. Have them exclusively available at our reception during the Christmas Eve concert. Isn't that great, Ray? You were worried we wouldn't sell all 200 sheets of Lefsa. Well, St. Peter's is buying all of it. And remember, we mustn't tell anyone. We want this to be a surprise. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to stop at the hardware store and see if I can get a two-zone pre-assembled radiant heat distribution panel for the boiler at the church. The boiler is acting up again, huh? This is just a Band-Aid. Unfortunately, it's going to take more than Gordo's hardware can offer to solve our problem. We need to replace the entire boiler. Ta-ta! I must be off. Oh, and I just need to add this to our poster. Had these stickers printed yesterday. We'll pick up treat trays on the 24th, Cheryl. Oh, and Earl, can I have a quick word? I have a bad feeling about this. Well, I hung up a poster in each stall, but it looks like someone else got here before I did and took up the best real estate. You just missed Father Al. He left a moment ago. I wouldn't say I missed him, but I am glad that he got to see our 300 DPI printed what in the world? What is this? When did this happen? What? This. This sticker on the poster for St. Peter's concert. It says... Doors open at 6 p.m. Complimentary refreshments served before the concert. (gasps) He's undercutting Redeemer's concert by 30 minutes. And he's using food to trick people into showing up early. That man. If his shirt wasn't starched so tight, I would let him have it. Hmm. I guess he beat you to the punch. The town motto in Kepler is friends first. But most people say friends first, but carbs are a close second. Ray, I need all the baked goods Cheryl has on hand. All the pistachio cookies, all the homemade marshmallows, everything. Even the fruitcake? Especially the fruitcake. If Father Al wants to play with fire, he better be prepared to get burned. Do you know where he went? He said something about stopping at Gordo's Hardware. I'll pick up those goodies on the 24th and do me a favor... Ask Cheryl if she would make those dipped pretzels that look like reindeer. We have to have those. Bye, Ray. Is she gone? Are we a war zone free cafe again? Cheryl, make a reservation at Thiel's. We are closing early and I am taking you out to celebrate. In 20 years, we have never been completely sold out of bakery items. It appears that those two turtle doves had made one Merry Christmas for us. Do you think that they'd buy that freezer burned eggnog cake? Darling, they would buy a chow mein wreath if we offered it up for grabs. Listening to Silent Night, a Kepler story, part of the Radio Play series by Kevin Kennedy and JJ Gordon. Stay tuned to the Mighty 790 and 104.7 FM KFGO to find out what happens. You're listening to Silent Night, a Kepler story. Part of the Radio Play series by Kevin Kennedy and J.J. Gordon. The citizens of Kepler are scurrying around the streets. There are gifts to be purchased and boxes to be wrapped. 
Main Street is lined with cars, all still running while their owners run into the local store for a last-minute shopping spree. Smack dab in the middle of Main Street is an old brick building. A faded sign over the entrance reads Gordo's Hardware. On a door, a sign flashes, We Cut Keys and Sharpen Saw Blades. Inside is a thin, tall man in his mid-30s. Wispy blonde hair, this is Gordo himself. Well, technically this is Gordo the Third. His back is against the plumbing wall. It seems Father Al has cornered him. And I do appreciate you letting us keep your lovely wife, Patty, late at rehearsal this week, Gordo. Her soprano voice really amps up the arrangement of joy to the world. And don't forget to remind her to wear movement clothes to rehearsal tonight. We are going to rehearse the choreography to You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. And Mary-Kate wouldn't be excusing anyone until it is up to our high standards. Yeah, she mentioned that it's been intense. Here's the part where uh, you were looking for, so... If that's it, I can ring you up. Now that you mentioned it, I was curious if you'd be willing to donate some of these nice new LED Christmas lights to the church. We could really light up the outside peaks if we use these 1,000 bulb C9 strings. What do you think? Uh, well, Father, the thing is We would I... return them right after the concert. You would have them back up for sale the next day. That's the problem. The concert is Christmas Eve. No one wants to buy Christmas lights after Christmas Eve, you see? Well, you think about it. Mull it over. And and speaking of mulling it over, I was just talking to the church maintenance committee. And we were discussing who could take over the coffee machine for after the services. I know Patty has been anxious to be the coffee captain. Hey, now. Are you trying to bribe me? No, no nothing of the sort, Gordo. But, uh... You scratch my back and I can scratch yours. What? My back doesn't itch. It, it, it's just an expression. There you are, you... you... you bowl full of jelly. Now, Pastor, there is no need to resort to name-calling. You're lucky that's all I'm gonna do. <laughs> you saw the stickers then? To quote almost everyone in Kepler, you betcha. Uh, what stickers? This wolf in shepherd's clothing printed stickers that he has been placing on posters all over town that his concert will be serving refreshments starting at 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve just so he can undercut people who were going to come to my concert. Refreshments? Really? That sounds great. <laughs> Thanks, Father. Snacks are for new faces, Gordo. And don't forget, we're still negotiating about coffee captain position. As for you... I'm going to drop some history on you and hope it lands. Pastor Keith and I had an arrangement, a holiday ceasefire years ago. We would both start our concerts at the same time and let the people decide. Then a little church mouse spilled the Christmas beans that you were moving your show up a full hour. You fired the first shot. I can't help it if I'm just better at marketing than you. You have tinseled with the wrong woman. My concert will be the best in town. You'll see. Well... I never. Now, Gordo, about those Christmas lights. December 23rd arrived in no time. The choir at St. Peter's have been rehearsing until midnight the past two evenings. They leave each night exhausted as Father Al continues to change the music arrangements and adds additional choreography. Meanwhile, across town at the Lutheran Church, Pastor Donna has changed the rehearsals into marketing tours. The choir has been traveling from one end of the county to the next. They've been hanging up posters, performing impromptu musical previews, and freezing in the cold school bus. Now it's time for each choir to have their final rehearsal. 
We'll first see what's happening at Redeemer Lutheran Church. Pastor Donna is just pulling into the parking lot. Thanks for tuning in to the Mighty 790. An update on holiday weather. Tutal is looking at some patchy snow moving into the region. Travel might be impacted a bit for those looking to use the interstate. As a reminder that our friends at the Redeemer Lutheran Church in Kepler, North Dakota, will be having their annual Christmas Eve concert tomorrow. Doors open at 5.45 p.m. and you can sign up for door prizes before the concert. And uh, I'm just being handed another announcement. Also on Christmas Eve, the St. Joseph's Christmas Concert, also in Kepler, invites you to enjoy some free refreshments and complimentary Kocheck prior to the concert. Sounds like Kepler has a lot of great holiday plans this year. Now, back to Talking Pine Trees with retired horticulturalist. That's precisely what I said. I would like three camels, a donkey, and an ox. No, I am not recreating the 12 days of Christmas. What version do you sing where there is an ox in a pear tree? Can you get them here or not? Thank you. Finally, some good news, everyone. It sounds like we will have live animals featured in our manger scene outside. It's the little things in life that remind us of his power. <laughs> I think you mean amen, Helen, but I will take what I can get. Actually, Pastor, I'm, I'm not really feeling that well. I, I think I caught a terrible cold from riding around in that school bus the last two evenings. I'll make you some broth. Nothing cures the sniffles like broth. Gladys, are you ready to start the rehearsal? Pardon? Oh, yes, okay. Let's start with Hark the Herald. <coughs> Excuse me. I am just gonna s sit this. <coughs> I'm gonna sit this one out if it's alright. <coughs> sure, okay. And a five, six, seven, eight. <coughs> oh, no, no, no. What's going on? What's happening? I think it's clear as a carol of bells. We're all sick. Well, you can't all be sick. What did you do? Who is patient zero? Why, would one of you come sick and infect the rest of the group? Donna, it is not the choir's fault. You drug us out in a freezing cold school bus for two whole nights. It's a wonder we're even here. The entire lot should be home in bed with a hot water bottle under our feet. We can fix this. I know we can. How about this? What if I brought in some honey? Yes, everyone can take a giant spoonful of honey. I believe it has to be locally sourced. Gil always wants to raise bees during the summer, but... <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. Pace Donna, we're all under the weather. No one is in any condition to sing. We should have just concentrated on having a nice traditional Christmas concert. Instead, we acted like we were opening at the Bellagio in Vegas. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to dismiss the choir. Helen, you can leave too. Oh, thank you, Gladys. Gil is just finishing up the major out front. I'll wait for him and then clean up some of these tissues I seem to have scattered across the orchid. Please, wait, 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 please. I'm sorry. I, I just wanted this to be the best Christmas concert ever. Please? What have I done? Hello? Oh, hi, Ray. Right. The refreshments are ready to be picked up from the diner? Well, I have some bad news. 
Yep, sniffles, coughs, and sore throats plague the choir at Redeemer. If we hop across town, the outside of St. Peter's is uncharacteristically quiet for a night before the big concert. Mary-Kate, why don't I hear singing? Father Al, I have lost my voice. We rehearsed too much, and now I don't have a voice. Well, this is just preposterous. I thought you were doing those vocal warm-ups I taught you. To sit in solemn silence on a dull, dark dock in a pestilent prison with a lifelong lock. Shut up, shut up, shut up. You push the entire choir too hard. No one has a voice anymore. Not me, not Patty, not even the Einerson triplets. We've all lost our voices because you made us sing over and over again. Mary-Kate, I certainly didn't mean to cause such a problem. I thought it would be good to push the choir. Hard work is a lesson taught over and over in the Bible. So is a day of rest. Well, you've got me there. How soon until you get your voices back? A good night's rest should do the trick, eh? Everyone go home and make sure you don't talk or laugh or, or do anything strenuous that might ruin your voices. Can we give it the old Bible college try again in the morning? Right. Uh, Mary-Kate? Nothing to write down? This is a church, Mary-Kate. You should reserve that gesture for when people cut you off while driving. Please, let's come up with a plan. Please? Al, just confirming your pickup tonight of seven extra large goody treat trays. Cheryl, this is not going to be good. Back to Ray's Diner. The crowd has thinned out since the last time we stopped by. Still, there are plenty of people enjoying a hot cup of cocoa and working on a plate of fries. The neon light outside shines bright against the snow-covered prairie, while Earl and Sydney sit at the counter chatting with Ray and sipping on hot chocolate. I was definitely surprised. I've been listening to the Mixers since I was a kid. They are the number one acapella group in the region. Their version of Oh Holy Night is amazing. Oh, and did you know they were once featured in a national commercial for Chi Chi's? <laughs> I love you, Sydney. Only you could be this excited to see four guys sing Christmas songs in Moorhead, Minnesota on Christmas Eve. So you two are headed up to the Metro tomorrow, late afternoon? Yep, we have a reservation at a fancy dinner. And then tickets to the show. We're even going to take my plow so I can do a little work on the way home. Shemansky says we could get a white Christmas. Almost a foot of snow tomorrow. Father Al! Come on in out of the cold. We have your treat trays ready to go. We even buttered the lefsa on the house. Thank you, Raymond. That was very kind. Unfortunately, it appears I will be the only one eating all 200 sheets of lefsa. And 75 cranberry fritters. And the cranberry fritters. What happened? Why won't you be serving these treats before the big Christmas Eve concert? There won't be any concert. I pushed the choir too far, and everyone has lost their voices. <laughs> I might as well just change my name to Father Scrooge. That's horrible. No Christmas Eve concert? I think everyone in town has had to cancel their plans. Well, I suppose everyone who planned on attending the show at St. Peter's will just go over to Redeemer instead. You didn't hear? Ray was just telling us he called Pastor Donna to pick up her order, and she said... Her concert was canceled, too. Their whole choir got a collective cold. No one in Kepler is going to any Christmas Eve concert. Both shows canceled? How horrible. Pastor Donna didn't even want to pick up the snacks she ordered. She paid for them and then said to hand them out to anyone who wants them. Say, I, I know you have a lot of lefsa to eat, but would you be interested in some of these fruitcakes? We've got about 20 loaves. 
No, thank you. In fact, let me just settle up for the treat trays and you can hand these items out as well. Someone should enjoy your hard work, Cheryl. I'm just sorry that people won't be able to enjoy them while listening to some top-notch holiday music. Well, goodbye, everyone, and, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas Father. You're listening to Silent Night, a Kepler story. Part of the radio play series by Kevin Kennedy and J.J. Gordon. Stay tuned to the Mighty 790 and 104.7 FM KFGO to find out what happens. to Silent Night, a Kepler story. Two rival churches in the small town of Kepler, North Dakota, each wanted to have the biggest and best Christmas Eve concert. One group all got colds while out promoting their show, and the other choir lost their voices from practicing too hard. As Father Al drives home for the night, contemplating the situation he has put St. Peter's Church into, he notices that Pastor Donna's car is still parked at Redeemer Lutheran. He pulls into the parking lot and opens the big oak front door. Helen Schneider is practicing on the organ while she waits for her husband Gil to finish the manger scene out front. Seated all by herself in a lonely pew is Pastor Donna. I might find you here. What are you doing here? Probably coming to gloat, no doubt. No, no. I heard about the cold spread round the choir. I'm sorry. You probably put together a wonderful show. What are you after? Why, why aren't you rehearsing with your choir? I was a bit overzealous. Mary-Kate, the Einerson triplets... Everyone ended up losing their voices. So just like you, I am canceling our Christmas Eve concert. Oh, I am truly sorry to hear that, Al. Look at us. We let our competitive sides get the better of us. I am definitely guilty of forgetting one of the first life lessons I learned in the seminary. He who exalts himself shall be humbled. And he who humbles himself shall be exalted. Helen is waiting for Gil to finish installing some horse posts for our manger scene. She wanted some extra practice with the new organ slippers. I love what she does. Here, here, with the last refrain. Listen.
That was beautiful, Helen. Thank you, Father Al. <laughs> Do you remember why you decided to devote your life to the church? Christmas. Really? Oh, yes. When I was 16 years old, my parents died in a car accident over the 4th of July. They were struck by a drunk driver. I was in the car too, but besides a broken collarbone, I survived. We lived in Chicago. Without any parents, I was sent to live with my grandmother in Minneapolis. I spent the better part of five months acting out and generally being a royal pain in the rump. It was a week before Christmas, and I was caught stealing from the A&P. Before the store manager could call my grandmother, an older gentleman spoke up for me and asked that he take charge of my punishment, Bishop Donovan. He recognized me from the few times I had been drug out of the house and under church on Sunday by my grandmother. He told me he wouldn't tell my grandmother if I would spend two hours a day with him and attend Mass on Christmas Eve. You were a thief? I can't believe it. Believe it. The bishop was true to his word and never told my grandmother. The first day we met, he asked about my parents, why I had stolen, and a few other things about what made me tick. The next day I went back and I was resounded my conviction not to take part in his little therapy sessions. But when I arrived, he pulled around the old station wagon that the church had. We spent the next two hours handing out donated coats, packed meal kits, and served those in the greatest need. A spark started inside of me. Helping others made me forget about my self-pity. I returned the next day and the bishop put me to the task of cleaning the church from top to bottom. I swept, I mopped, I dusted. And just when I was done, a group showed up for a funeral and left the place a complete mess. I heard him tell the mourners that young Alexander would clean up. And they thanked me as they left and I started the task all over again. Well, whatever spark had been lit was quickly snuffed out. I marched right over to Bishop Donovan and demanded that he apologize. He looked at me plainly and said, Floors get dirty. That's just what they do. Someone has to clean them. Today, someone is you. The next day was Christmas Eve, and the bishop told me to bring my grandmother to Mass. When we arrived, my grandmother burst into tears. <laughs> my name was mentioned with special thanks in the program. Several other parishioners stopped by to tell her what a wonderful job I had done helping with the Give Back event and cleaning the church and supporting the O'Malley's when their father had passed and all sorts of other small things I had been forced to do. During that Mass, I listened for the first time ever in church. I had heard the good word before, but this time I listened. I was filled with new purpose. I realized that my actions were meant to serve others, serve those in need. I was hooked. From then on, I knew my calling was to find those in need. Bishop Donovan died this last April. Oh, Al, I'm so sorry for your loss. He was 99 years old. His niece phoned me the morning after he passed. She called to tell me he was gone and said he asked for me to speak at the funeral. Of course I accepted. He wrote me a letter before he was taken ill, and he said that of all things he had done to serve the Lord, that I was the thing he was the most surprised and proud of. Well, what about you? <laughs> no, um, I don't think I can remember a particular moment. My father was a pastor, and his father was a pastor, and my great-grandfather was a pastor. I was an only child, and I always loved watching my father preach. 
I was devastated to find out that the ELCA wouldn't allow a girl to become a pastor. My father sat me down and told me that if I worked as hard as I could and truly dedicated myself to something, anything could be in my grasp. I ran Sunday school. I organized meals on wheels. I was the first to raise my hand if something needed to be done. I memorized passages. I helped write sermons and choose music. By the time I was 12 years old, I knew the only thing I would ever want was to lead a flock. What I didn't know was that my dad had been writing a letter a week to the governing bodies. He drove in snowstorms to attend the meetings where the discussion pertained to ordaining women. I remember when the ELCA started ordaining women in 1970. Very progressive. <laughs> my dad is 85 now. He's retired and lives in Grand Forks with my stepmom, Abby. He doesn't get around as much, but he is still sharp as a tack. He never let me give up on anything. He taught me that being someone else's champion and guardian angel is a gift that need not be wrapped. I still call him from time to time when I'm looking for a particular piece or need a suggestion for a passage that really drives home a sermon. I got this from him in the mail today. My, my. This has to be over 300 pages. 356, to be exact. He saved every sermon he ever did. He had Abby take them in to be bound together. His gift to me was all the knowledge he had poured into these pages. He was so excited that I was given the opportunity to lead the charge here at Redeemer. He inscribed the front cover with one of his favorite verses. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Peter, chapter 4, verse 10, one of my favorites. I guess we both missed the mark this year. Two choirs, half with the sniffles and the other half stifled. Pastor, I am sorry for trying to one-up you. And I am sorry to you too. You never know. Maybe something will happen that can save this whole thing. Like a miracle? I was just telling Gil Schneider not to throw that word around. Maybe a small miracle. After all, the Lord works, works in, in mysterious, mysterious ways. Weatherman was right. A huge storm dumped over a foot of snow on the Red River Valley and didn't stop until just before dusk. Earl and his plow did their best, but they were no match for Mother Nature bringing a white Christmas to the folks of Kepler. Just as he and Sydney were about to brave the elements to make it to the Mixers concert, the Department of Transportation closed the interstate. Instead of a romantic dinner and a show, the newlyweds headed to Ray's Diner, which is always open on Christmas Eve, to share a plate of fries and some conversation. Hey, Ray. Hey, Cheryl. 
You poor things. I guess you couldn't get up to Moorhead. No, but you know what? Earl here has the whole town plowed. He is my personal Santa. I guess that makes my F-250 a sleigh. Uh, could we get a couple menus? And I know this sounds odd, but if I could have a candle or two? We're trying to make the best of things with a romantic dinner at Ray's. You got it. I'll see if I can find some romantic tunes on the jukebox. You know, Earl, I really appreciate you getting those tickets. I would have liked to see the mixers tonight, but I love getting to spend the evening with you. Our first Christmas as husband and wife. Ditto. Couple of menus and a bottle of our finest root beer on the house. Ray, oh, we almost missed the place. Sign out front isn't on. Oh, come on. Anyone who's going to stop here tonight already knows where we are. But I aim to please, so I will fire up the sign. It'll really shine tonight. Sky is clear, and that fresh snow reflect the glow for miles. Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thank you, Ray and Cheryl, for being open on Christmas Eve. So many wayward souls seeking refuge. Our pleasure, Father. It always seems like there's a need to stay open on Christmas Eve. Although with the interstate closed, I am not sure we would get much traffic through that door. May we have some menus, please, Cheryl? And a couple of cups of hot cocoa, please. How about a refill on that coffee, Earl? You betcha. Hey, hey, ouch, I'm Ray. Ah, pay attention. What? Oh, oh, geez. Sorry, I, I was just looking. Do you see what I see? Where? Out the window, coming this way. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry, Donna. Sorry, Al. No, that seems appropriate. Never in all my years. As the patrons of Ray's Diner stare out the large window at the front of the diner, figures in the distance start to take shape. At first, they appear to be hulking figures coming out of the snow, and as they get closer, the figures begin to make more and more sense, although it is still pretty strange. Silent and staring, Earl, Sidney, Ray, Father Al, and Pastor Donna see exactly what is walking up to the diner door. Two camels, a donkey, and an ox, all with a rider, followed by a woman on foot. The camels, donkey, and ox are tied up to the light post outside, and the five travelers walk through the door. Four of them are bundled and look nearly frozen, while the woman who was on foot arrives with rosy cheeks and leads the way into the diner. Oh boy, oh boy, am I glad you're open. Here, sit down. We'll put on a fresh pot of coffee and get you all some soup. Oh, thank you. You can bring these four some soup first. Uh, they're nearly frozen. Guess they should have dressed a little warmer if they were going to go out during a blizzard. Excuse me, miss. I hope you don't think this is rude, but what the heck is going on? It's not every day you see two camels, a donkey, and an ox in town, <laughs> let alone being ridden. My name is Carol, and I'm from Livestock Unlimited in Sioux Falls. Uh, I was headed up to Kepler to d deliver these gorgeous creatures for a living manger scene at some church. Oh, my stars, I completely forgot. I I'm Pastor Donna. We spoke on the phone. I am so sorry. I completely forgot about our arrangement. We canceled the manger scene and the whole concert tonight due to illness. Oh, my stars, you drove all this way, and with a blizzard. Oh, it's all right. You already paid, and it turns out it was sort of a miracle. I was just pulling off the interstate at Kepler Exit, and those four were stuck in the ditch. Looks like they'd been there a while. I hooked up my truck, and wouldn't you know it, I hid an icy patch and get stuck myself. Yeah, that ramp is known for getting a bad patch of black ice. Well, I couldn't just sit there, and the highway patrol said it could be up to five hours before they could get to us. So I unloaded the trailer and started into town. I let these guys ride in. 
Nothing but fancy shoes and suit coats. Who goes out in weather like this without a good coat? And by the way, thank you for turning on that light out there. It guided us to town. Really? We had to go into a field when we happened upon a big drift. We got turned around and suddenly we saw this beacon. It was like the star guiding us into town. Hadn't turned on that sign, we might still be lost in the cold. Here you go, boys. Some hot coffee and some soup. Would you like anything else with these tomato soups? Yes, ma'am. How about four? Grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. Oh, <laughs> my God. I would know that harmony anywhere. It's the mixers. Hi, I'm Aaron. Hi, I'm Brian. Jim. And I'm Alvin. Thank you so much for the coffee. I thought we were going to die out there. The mixers are in Kepler. I think I'm going to die in here. We were on our way into Moorhead for a concert, and we heard the interstate was getting shut down. This is the last time we let Brian drive the tour bus. Okay, for starters, it is Mercury Mountaineer. Secondly, I am fine not driving after that. I saw my whole life flash before my eyes. So... No concert tonight, then? Doesn't look like it. Too bad. We love our Christmas Eve show. There's something about everyone getting together and enjoying these timeless classics. People forget about their petty fights or who did what to who, and they realize what the holidays are all about. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Wait a minute. I know we just met, and I know we aren't a fancy theater, but... If you are here, would you be willing to perform for the people of Kepler? Sure, but we need a place to perform. And a crowd. And some refreshments. I know you reserve the use of this word for special occasions, but Donna, you have to admit that this indeed is a miracle. Al, you have never been more right. Ray, Cheryl, do you still have all those treats? Yep, and we'll grab some plates, napkins, and tell Helen to bring all the lemonade she has to the church. Earl, Sydney, can you plow the parking lot at the church? Sure! Shouldn't someone stay with the mixers and, you know, show them where to go and what to do? Good idea. Boys, you are coming with me. We've got some warming up to do. I'll meet you at the church. Ray, if you'd give me a hand, your sign gave me a great idea. Everybody inside of Ray's Diner scrambles to save the Christmas Eve concerts. Pastor Donna gets things ready at the church and gets the mixers ready to sing. Earl and Sydney plow the parking lot and shovel the front steps. There is only one thing they all forgot. Everyone in town thinks the concert is canceled. What are they going to do? Silent Night, a Kepler story, part of the radio play series by Kevin Kennedy and J.J. Gordon. Stay tuned to the Mighty 790 and 104.7 FM KFGO to find out what happens. You're listening to Silent Night, a Kepler story. Father Al and Pastor Donna are putting their differences aside to try and save Christmas in Kepler. After they both caused their church's Christmas concerts to be canceled, a small miracle occurred when a famous a cappella group became stranded in Kepler. 
They have the venue. They have the performers. But can they get the word out in time to get the citizens of Kepler to show up and see the mixers live on Christmas Eve? certainly is cold outside. Oh, yep. And Pastor Donna, look, we called Tanner and he brought over the two camels, donkey, ox, and hog. Oh, that was so nice of him. Wait, did you say hog? <laughs> yep. We didn't order a hog. Where did this hog come from? Let's figure that out later. Try and look at the bright side. Tanner brought everything he was supposed to bring over. He just somehow added a pig to the mix. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Hmm, what time is it? 7.25. You know, Pastor, everyone in town thinks the shows are canceled. I know, Earl. I was just thinking about that. Maybe we should have activated the phone tree or, or tried to arrange for some sort of announcement on the radio. Gosh, it would be a real shame if no one turned up. What we need is a minor Christmas miracle. Just one more, please? Looks like that is your miracle, Pastor. It's never what you expect, is it? The big church van rounds the corner and a blinding light appears. On top of the church van is a giant ball of Christmas lights with Gordo sitting on top and letting out the string as the van drives down the street. The beautiful C9 LED lights from the hardware store are lighting up the road and creating a path leading straight to the church. You're crazy. Nope, I just know the right people. Hello, Pastor. Gil, how did you do this? Father Al called me up and asked me what I knew about exterior illumination. I put on my overalls and grabbed my generator. Gorda was nice enough to reopen the hardware store and we chained every string of lights we had together. Four full miles of lights. As we drove down the street, people started coming out to see what the hubbub was about. They piled into their cars and here we are. Sure hope you have some hot coffee inside. Yes, yes! Everyone come inside! Refreshments are ready and the concert is ready to begin. Excellent work, Pastor. Same to you, Father. Oh, I know, right? Did you get all this coffee right, boy? I, I love the star on top of you. Oh, thank you so much. I can't tell his idea. Good evening and welcome to Redeemer Lutheran Church. I am Pastor Donna Ivy, and I would like to welcome you all here for an extra special Christmas Eve concert. I am joined by my, um, well, my friend, Father Alexander Hawley. Thank you, Pastor. It is indeed my pleasure to share the stage with you tonight. We would like to start by apologizing to everyone. We know our actions over the last few days have been less than Christmas-like. But, like we always say, the, the Lord works, works in mysterious ways. Enough talking. Let's get to the singing. Citizens of Kepler, please welcome the Mixers. Hello, Kepler. It's great to be here. We would like to dedicate tonight's performance to our number one fan. Sydney, your husband Earl tells us that you've been listening for years, so this concert is for you. Hit it! Oh! Doom, 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 doom,
We are the mixers, not like the blenders. We want you to sing along. We prefer school gyms, not the Fargo Theater. Now's your chance to join our song. God rest you, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power. When we were gone astray Oh, tidings of comfort and joy You know, this is the best Christmas Eve concert I have ever been a part of Me too Friends? Friends But don't let this go to your head We are still going to crush you in the annual interdenominational softball game this summer Good luck with that the Einerson triplets are all getting Bowflex machines for Christmas. My outfield is going to be World Series worthy. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort. Thanks for stopping by Kepler, North Dakota. Shh. Okay, sorry. Let's get back to the concert. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. The shepherds at those tidings rejoiced in heart and mind And left their flocks of feeding in tempest, storm, and wind And went to Bethlehem straightway the blessed babe to find Oh, tidings of comfort and joy Comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. We are the mixers, nothing like the blenders. We want you to sing our song. We prefer school gyms, not the Fargo Theater. Now's your chance to sing along. Yeah. Silent Night, a Kepler story, featuring the voice talents of Grace Kennedy, Jacob Harchie, David Wilhelmy, Gene Wilhelmy, Jay Nelson, Pam Strait, Kathy Hansen, JJ Gordon, Ginny Kennedy, Kevin Kennedy, Lori Koenig, Ryan Scoble, Jeff Olson, Jack Lawrence, Mike Warba, and Brian Poyser. This presentation of Silent Night, a Kepler story is part of the Kepler Radio Play series by Kevin Kennedy and J.J. Gordon. <laughs>